In a world where there are many sports podcasts, one stands above them all. Three teams, two leagues, one dream. It's Triple Threat with your hosts, Jeremiah, Eric, and Sam. And they only have one question for you. Are you ready for some football? Hello. Whoa. Let's go. Let's go. We back at it. Yeah, all three of us for once. That's right. For real. All right. So uh, I'll let you go through your picks first if you want to, Eric, and then I'll just I'll, we'll compare them yours. I guess. Do you want to take them like one at a time and just have like me say mine and then you say yours and then? Ooh. Yes, we'll do a Mel Kiper Todd McShay. <laughs> I don't know what the heck that means, but okay. No, no, okay. I'm not trying to insult myself or you, but oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was about to say, how dare he? That, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like that's what they'll do, though. They'll like compare their mom drafts or whatever. So. Okay, gotcha. So basically, it's like with me, the first overall pick, Jacksonville selects this person, and then I kind of explain my reasoning, and then you say yours and explain your reasoning, and then we discuss it. Exactly. Okay, sounds good. All right, let's completely that. fine with that. All right. <clears throat> so, welcome everyone. If you haven't already, um, if we haven't said it already, which I know we haven't, welcome everyone back to another Triple Threat episode. You know, we all three back in the building. Back in it, everybody. Yeah. Woo! Anywho, I'm sure y'all missed us. Anyway. <laughs> nah. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to go ahead and jump straight into our mock draft 1.0 because there's going to be more after this. So uh, not directly, but, you know, you know what I mean. Anyway. <laughs> Let's just get into it. All right. So, with the first overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <coughs> shocker. Um, I caught that. Anyway. Um, so, with the first overall pick, I've got the Jags selecting okay. Kyle Hamilton. And I know this is a big, you know, wrench into people's wheels. Everyone's just like, oh, Trevor Lawrence got attacked so much this last season. They need to pick up Evan Neal. They need to pick up Tyler Linderbaum. They need to pick up an O-line. Well, guess what? There are so many offensive linemen in this draft. They could wait till the second or third round and pick up a quality guy. So I have them picking up something that they desperately need and seem to get rid of every other season whenever they pick them first or first round, and that is secondary help. They have been struggling so bad these past few years, and their last guy that they picked up in the first round yeah. in the secondary – was C.J. Henderson, and we all know what happened to him. Not even a year in, year and a half, he's already he's at Carolina. Yeah, that's true. And they uh, did the same thing with Jalen Ramsey four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's because they were about to go tankathon, and he's like, uh, I'm out of here. I want to go compete. Because, like, he's the – he's yeah. like the Deion Sanders of our time, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> get paid a lot and have swagger, talk a lot of trash, you know, and Once play, in a, smoke. play in California. And need some <laughs> Ws on. Yeah, play in California. There you go. 
with them big gold chains walking everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sums up CJ Henderson. Uh, I'm just kidding. I know who you're talking about, Dion, Neon Dion. Um, yeah, basically, I'm. I say they take Kyle Hamilton's safety out of Notre Dame solely because. Mm-hmm. They need secondary help terribly. They have okay corners, and I'm not going to jab at them for their corners. Their corners are decent. What they haven't had since Ronnie Harrison is a stable safety in the backfield, and that is killing them in the passing game, defending against it. And I feel like Kyle Hamilton, he's really the only player out of this entire draft, and I believe a lot of analysts will say this too, that has like, divided himself from the pact as an electrifying and like transcendent talent in this year's draft. Everyone else kind of mushes together no matter their position or skill set. Kyle Hamilton's really the only one that's kind of, you know, separated himself in terms of talent. Like he's probably the most talented player in this draft right now. Yeah, he's a six foot four safety. Well more can you six foot four D B. Two hundred twenty plus pound guy. That's crazy. He's a yeah. freak. So, Eric. Yeah. This might actually turn out to be a Todd McShay and Mel Kiper video. Because, <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. But, uh, well, guess who I have going number one? Evan <laughs> Neal. Evan Neal, yes. Yeah. And yeah. So, now, uh, I want to explain. Okay. And I get, I get everything that you said, and I, I will agree that I believe personally that Kyle Hamilton is probably the best prospect in this whole draft class, and that is personal bias. And I, I'm I'm not trying to undersell him by having him go lower than number one, but well, I mean, hey, 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 it's not personal bias. We are Arkansas folk. We do not care about Notre Dame number one. <laughs> number two, was, it's just straight fact. In all honesty, yeah, yeah, that that's true. That is true, but. He's 6'4", and he plays like a ball hawk and safety like Earl Thomas. Yeah, for real. He's got a different kind of talent almost than what Isaiah Simmons had when he came out of Clemson. In Clemson, he was a linebacker that they just for fun wanted to put him corner, then safety, then kind of maybe edge. They just wanted to put him all over the place. But actually, it's Kyle Hamilton is an actual safety, not a linebacker playing safety once in a while. That's why he is a one-of-a-kind prospect because, like, you get that, a player at that size with his length and versatility and just, oh, my goodness, the quickness he has, the fly. Yeah. I mean, he don't even have to fly. He's got the length to just reach right over. Just, I mean, the reach is ridiculous. Yeah. Very intriguing to a lot of teams. So, come April – I would not be surprised if we did see him go number one overall. But and now this is my opinion on why they go tackle. Now, Eric, some, like you said a second ago about everybody saying about Trevor Lawrence, he needs more protection. Yes, that is true. And they do need help on the defensive side as well. They also need receivers, tight ends. They need a ton of stuff on offense. I know they do, yeah. Fine. But the reason I do have them taking Evan Neal, and this is a good point, not only is he 375, 6 foot 7, and he is excellent with power on the run 
on running play or like run blocking. Like he he shows the power that you want in a run blocker. Kind of mm-hmm. that savvy, uh, savvy style, you know, playing. With oh the, yeah, something that James Robinson would love. Kind of power, you know, a little bit. Yeah, something James Robinson would love. And and then also he 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 is he's very light on his feet on the passing side. I guess you could say on pass protection. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to add on to that, not only do they need to help protect Trevor Lawrence, and I believe that the offensive lineman would be a better pick than a wide receiver tight end or any position you can put on offensive side for this pick. Cam Robinson, their starting left tackle, who was a starter for most – 64 games, it says, over the last five seasons for the Jaguars. Uh-huh. Andrew Norwell, their starting left guard, will be a free agent. Their starting right guard will be a free agent. DJ Charter is going to be a free agent. Yikes. Of course, they have enough cap space to go out and get those players, but those are starters. Right. And we saw how bad it was last year. That was with those starters, and and, uh, and of course, I mean, you get injuries every once in a while. I think AJ Can and Andrew Norwell were backed up through most of the year. Maybe, oh, yeah, Cam Robinson. I don't know, but uh, still, I mean, you're losing that much production, and I mean, it was it that good of a production. I mean, you could make the same case as in the Giants, like. Though, though their most most glaring need is offensive line, so I'll set that aside. But yeah, <laughs> the Jaguars are losing a lot of production offensive line. That is the only reason I have them taking Evan Neal, and I, I he's just he's a big behemoth, I guess you could say a, a, a monster, yeah, behemoth. a behemoth. Yes, sorry. Huh? Yeah, I got you. Filling. Well, or, or they, if you'll allow and, me to argue my point one more time. And I have one glaring fact that I believe kind of solidifies my opinion in them taking Kyle Hamilton. And that is that out of the top 150 prospects rated out of every single player coming out of college into the draft this season, there is an abundance of two things. Edge rushers and defensive linemen and Mm. offensive line. Okay. very abundant. So honestly, I, I feel like the draft they, this this by far happy. over the past two or three years is the most abundance on the defensive line, offensive line. Yes, yeah. in the trenches. I will totally agree with you on that. But and whenever you get past, let's see. Um, now cornerbacks, it's a little bit more depth. But in all honesty, aside from Kyle Hamilton, the safety class this draft is very, um, shall we say, barren. Yeah, in skill and kind of like ability. Not saying any other safeties are you know terrible, but most of the other ones, aside from Kyle Hamilton, aren't rated to go until the mid second round. So I, would, I think you have like Daxton Hill from Michigan. Yeah, like uh, Lewis, safety Lewis. Yeah, Saint. yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's Sign Quan Brisker from Penn State, and then Lewis Sign, and then it starts dropping off. Yeah, yeah Lewis. I was thinking Georgia, of Lewis. So. I was thinking. Okay, of- Lewis Sign. Yeah, I'll give you. Uh, Daxton Hill, I believe, is actually rated lower than Lewis Sign <clears> on a lot of people's boards. But from what I've seen, aside from Lewis Sign going in like late first, it seems yeah. like it's Kyle Hamilton and then everyone else like late first, 
mid-second, and then it just drops off a cliff. Yeah, now, it, offensive line, there are multiple prospects, even going in the second round, that could be potential first-round picks. There's just not enough to of them to cram in the first. And yeah. that's the biggest reason why I'm saying, you know, what if the Jaguars decide, hey, you know, our secondary sucks, and I know Trevor Lawrence is getting, you know, killed, but would we rather be letting up so many passing yards a game and, you know, be losing by like 40 and have Trevor Lawrence have that protection but have to dig us out every single game? Or, yeah. you know, should we wait and get secondary help later, which could be a problem, but get this offensive line that, you know, I mean, the biggest offensive lineman that went first overall, I believe, last was Jake Long back in 08, 09. And oh, Miami, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. He was okay, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it's one of those things. It's, yeah, it's, you know, draft is hit or miss, and I realize that, but. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it does factor in a lot of stuff because, like you're saying, hit or miss, it depends on what college they come from. It depends on their skill set. It depends on their techniques. It depends on if. Like offensive linemen, you got to have good hands and you got to have quick feet for pass protection. Or on the run side, you got to be able to maul somebody. I mean, like, True. it comes in with little techniques, especially like hand placement. On the offensive side, if you get too wide, you can get caught for holding, mm-hmm. on like, like when you're pass protecting or whatever. Or if you get, it, it, it's just like you said, a lot of little technique deals that come in decipher that come into deciding on whether these teams want mm-hmm. to take. Uh, a so-and-so player with their pick in the first round, second round, so right, and, so. and that's what comes with eventual bust because there will be teams out there that just will love, I mean, absolutely fall head over heels for this one prospect, like a, I'll just throw out there, maybe a Malik Willis or uh Oh, oh, yeah. I have a lot to say about Malik Willis, but we'll save that for later solely because. <laughs> yeah. Malik <laughs> Willis. Oh, my goodness. That's one. Akeem Aquanu from North Carolina State. Now, this yeah. guy, I, I, this guy, he's a mauler. Now, that, that's another thing. And also, uh, offensive lineman from Northern Iowa, actually, Kurt Warner's place. Nice. Trevor Penning. Trevor Penning, yeah. Dude's and, like 6'9, 300 something. I, I'm yeah. telling you, I've the seen, oh I've seen some technical <clears throat> issues that would move him over into the interior side because of where his hand placement is and stuff, but he's a mauler. He's a yeah. finisher, like, you know, physical, like, I'm going to put you on the ground and I'm going to lay on top of you. <laughs> the, yeah, guard all day. Like, oh, yeah. Like the old style that uh, uh, John Madden would love, you know, kind of. Oh, yeah. Kind of oh, like yeah. You know, like we're gonna run it up here and there and there and everywhere. We're gonna run these guys here. Yeah, pretty much. But everybody behind the Trevor Penning, (laughs) and we're just gonna run straight to the end zone. (laughs) Oh, Um, good lord, that sounds about right. Anyway, all right, let's let's get back on track. What we're talking about. So yeah, like like you're saying, Eric, it, it comes with. It's just it's hit or miss sometimes in drafting. Yeah, especially. Especially last year, when it, or I should say maybe the year before that, when their COVID you know first hit out and everything was virtual, no one could meet in person. Now yeah. that 
to it's starting to die down a little bit, I guess you could say. Well, I mean, a little bit anyway. It's it's starting to get more in person meetings, I guess you'd say, yeah. where they're actually able to interact with the players and learn if they or the right piece to move forward with in drafting, I guess you could say. Like even yeah. Matt uh, Matt Rule, I think it was when they were drafting uh, a player. Uh, I think it was Derek Brown in the twenty twenty draft. He said that uh, he was planning on taking someone else with their. I think it was the eighth overall pick. Yeah, ninth somewhere in there. I think and it was the eighth. Actually, planning on taking someone else with that pick, but then he he uh, talked with the player he was wanting to take in the elevator or something. He just ran into him, and he found out from that little conversation they had in the elevator or whatnot that he was not the right player or whatnot. I, I don't know. That's just that's just what I, uh, was a report that came out. Yeah. And that's why they ended up taking another player. And it's just things like that in the draft process. It, it, it almost comes down, for lack of a better term, a game of inches almost. You know, just it's, it's just every little detail is taken in notice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Uh, every player. But go ahead. Sorry, Eric. I've talked a lot. No, you're completely fine. And I kind of get that. Um, but, yeah, like my, like I said, my biggest thing, and I know it's been argued to death, but honestly, and I mean, even if they take Kyle Hamilton first overall, they can always try and trade up to maybe like a later first-round pick with some of their extra draft picks and, you know, get one of these higher-rated linemen instead of dealing with a second-round lineman. I don't know. It's just one of those things that, you know, why pass up on a generational safety when no other safeties are as highly rated or as skilled in this draft to take mm-hmm. an offensive lineman of which there are abundance. Now, I'm not trying to underrate Evan Neal's skill. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's one of those things. And a lot of analysts have already said it. A lot of these linemen are evenly rated because not one of them has really separated themselves from the pack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, aside from height and weight, Trevor Penning is the most interesting prospect because he's six nine, three hundred and something pounds. And yeah, but I mean, oh, and then there's another dude that uh, is out of uh, Minnesota. I want to say his last name. Uh, I'm afraid if I or let me look it up real quick. Daniel Falale or Falale? I don't. Yeah, that might be Falele. it. Yeah. Uh, nearly 380. I mean, the dude is a monster. Maybe about 400 pounds. Yeah, and, and he's he not even. Lost... Yeah, go ahead. Like, he's not even ranked. I don't even think from the board I looked at, he's not even ranked in the top 32. You know, he's not yeah. a first round rated pick right now. Now, he, the draft. He, or he's a second or third round pick right now. And And, and to be honest, just something I should state off the bat in these draft analysis where they were doing, yeah, it can all play come combine time here oh, in like easily. three yeah, weeks, maybe no, maybe two or three weeks. I think yeah, like March thirty sixth. Yes, yes. But anyway, it's uh, actually that's probably a little month I should say. Yeah, about a month. Yeah. It's just around that time of the year. That's when you finally figure out about who, which, which team is wanting to draft who in, in the upcoming draft. I should say. Exactly. 
All right. I guess we'll move on to Detroit now with the number two overall pick. Now, this one I think is interesting because um, now that I'm going back through, honestly, I kind of just went off um, the top 150 prospects list that I had for uh, for pro football focus that I usually look off of, you know, usually. Um, So with the second overall pick with Detroit, I actually most people have them going a defensive end like, you know, like Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. Most people have them picking Aiden Hutchinson for me. I have them drafting Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Now, I know what everyone's going to say. How can you, you know, how can they pick a wide receiver? There's a lot of those, you know, there's a lot of wide receivers that haven't really separated themselves from the pack. Why don't they pick up one of the two biggest defensive end prospects since Miles Garrett or Judevion Clowney? Listen. If there's one thing that the Lions are not lacking, it's defense. And I will say that a lot. And especially not the line, and it's not the linebackers. They played phenomenal. If anything, they need corner. But what really lacked last season? Offense. And I know Dan Campbell is a big hitter type of guy. He's a very malicious guy that'll just be like, defense, defense, defense. But if he wants to build a winning culture in Detroit, like so many coaches have tried and failed to do, He needs to draft smarter, which means focusing on the offense first. There's a lot of defensive prospects that can be picked up later in the draft. Are they going to be as good as the first rounders? Probably not, but they will suit your offense just as well. And you can get your defensive line or defense or linebacker or cornerback help in the second round. You have two first round picks, one at number one or one at number two and one at either number 31 or 32, depending on how the Rams do in the Super Bowl. So, in my opinion, you go offense first round because there's a lot of good first round talent here that's going to be gone by the second. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give my little two cents, I guess, on your pick. Now, yeah. I'll, something else, and this is my two cents, I guess you'd say, to add on to that is this draft, I have a feeling, will be more likely to have a lot or, well, at least a good chance of having a top 10 trade than in the previous drafts. Yeah. And for the simple fact that there's not a lot of top quarterback prospects. Yeah, skill player there's a lot of skill players. And I guess a team like the Detroit Lions could say, hmm, we could either A, take a good skill position player – or a, or a trenches player with our second overall pick, or we could trade down, get future assets, maybe maybe a sec our first round pick next year, and wait on someone like a Bryce Young. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see him trading down, honestly. Yeah. I mean, because that that'll be intriguing for a lot of. Teams, I guess you say, in the top draft, they're they're in the top that, like like the Lions, they're okay for right now, but they need a quarterback for the future because Jared Goff. Don't get me wrong, he's kind of a middle pack quarterback, but he's he's uh serviceable. He's, he's yeah, he he showed you what he's gonna do in the Super Bowl like uh, two or three years ago when they played the Patriots. Don't 
I'm not disrespecting the Patriots. I mean, they had a really good defense, but I mean, still. Yeah, I got you. About like the ceiling that you're going to get with him. Yeah. And that's why I could see the Detroit Lions doing that. Maybe the. the, I, I don't think the Texans would do that. The Jets, Giants, no. I think the Giants would more invest in their offensive line. The Panthers, that that I don't think would be a possibility because it's either they go future quarterback right now or they build towards the future. I don't think they trade out of their sixth overall pick right. necessarily to get like a lower-end player at the end of the draft that may not be a player they need like an offensive lineman because they need a – Offensive lineman with their sixth overall pick. If they don't go quarterback, I should say that yeah. they linebacker, you know, tight end, somebody like that. And I, I, I just like I said, I don't see a lot of teams doing that. I, even the Falcons, I, I think they're probably trying to shoot for playoffs this year. I mean, they 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 got a lot of holes to fill, like Calvin Ridley wanting out and all that. But oh, they. Yeah. I'm going on a bunny trail, y'all. I, I, like I was just saying, though, that's just how the, the draft could shape out this year. But I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But, like, with a lot of these prospects, it, they'll go up and down the boards throughout the combine, I think. Right. But, uh, anyways, back to my pick. So, yes. I uh, while, while making my selections – I was watching a lot of film over these top prospects because I, I'm trying to pick out which one the lines I think would rather have. And in my opinion, like you said, Eric, there's a, an abundance of receivers in this draft. And so I think maybe with their later pick, they could pick up a David Bell or someone like that. That's why I didn't have them taking a receiver here. I actually had them taking – and I know you said this a second ago about the <laughs> defensive end, but I haven't taken Aiden Hutchinson for this fact. They run a three-four under, if I believe, if that's uh, I'm pretty sure. And uh, right, and and a three-four mm-hmm. under, it has linebackers. Uh, or anyway, it's set mm-hmm. up like a three-four pass rush basically, where you have linebackers on the outside, but it won't always rush five. It'll it'll kind of have like that will linebacker, you know, on the weak side, kind of kind of over the well, I say the weak side linebacker, but it, it, it they'll be standing up sometimes on passing downs on rush, but most of the time they're in a drop back zone. And they'll have three rushing with with a Aiden Hutchinson, he can play the three four end or he can be the outside edge edge rusher. I've seen a lot of snaps he got. Well, I see a, say a lot of snaps. I've seen some highlights or some uh, video footage of him when uh, he was at Michigan lining up at the linebacker spot, like not not on a, not on three or a three technique or four technique, but he's actually staying standing upright, right. a passer, and then he also he can get down trenches as well, uh, rushing the A gap or the B gap, which right. is from a defensive end. So I thought, you know, he, he's also got a lot of good moves. I, I mean, he's not necessarily just a bull rusher. He's kind of a little bit of speed rusher too. get to the outside. So 
I kind of liked his uh, his fit with the Lions, and I get they have a lot of pieces on the defensive line, like a Trey Flowers, like a Romo Okawara, but their defensive back core. It did have a really good corner uh, in breakout of star. Uh, oh my goodness, uh, uh, Moki Warner or something like that. I forgot what his name was. He's number twenty four to the Lions, if I'm right. And uh, he had about six interceptions, if you want to say. But besides him, they were kind of, <clears throat> kind of, I, I would say, uh, inconsistent defensive backcourt. So <laughs> I would agree with that assessment. If they had a shot at Kyle Hamilton here, Eric, I think they would jump on that opportunity. So yeah. that's look for too, depending on the future draft boards, but uh, or uh, future combine, I should say, how everyone fares there, but. I think it would definitely be interesting. Oh, yeah. Pick. Okay. All right. Pick three. Okay. Uh, Sam, did you want to say anything on that second pick? No. Oh, yes. No? Nope. Okay. Just scary. Scary human being. Okay. He's talking Not about – on either one? I'm talking about Aiden Hutchins. But uh, Garrett Wilson, I'll say this on your pick, Eric. Yeah. He's a very good receiver. I think he deserves the top receiver tier of this class as of right now. Not necessarily how he'll fare in the NFL, but like just out of the college rankings right now because he uh he is very good at at jump balls, I guess you could say, and kind of getting his feet down the back of the end zone for crossing patterns or whatnot. I would say he would be a good not necessarily this is a poor comparison, but he could be like a Poor man's Jamar Chase, I guess you could say. Not as fast. Yeah. Good hands. He's good with getting his feet down, you know. Not necessarily always going to win the – like, get the one-hand grabs, like like how he, he busted out against KC. But, like, right. he kind of the poor man's type is kind of what I compare got him you. to. But I got it, you. Uh, moving on. Okay. So, with the third overall pick, I have Houston – taking and i know this is going to be very controversial as well but a lot of people do have a lot of analysts do have them taking this player if aiden hutchinson is off the board i have aiden hutchinson dropping a little bit further um Kayvon thibodeau defensive end okay. oregon okay. now the biggest reason why i have them doing this is number one their offense it wasn't as bad as it looked last season their defense however horrendous I kid you not. They couldn't get to the quarterback. So, yeah. and also, I was watching Kayvon Thibodeau, and I thought about it, and you know who he reminds me of a whole lot? Oh, goodness. Jadavion. Heck, yeah, Jadavion Clowney. That's who he reminds me of. Not as mind-blowing as Jadavion was in college, but he has the same skill level. He plays almost the same. It's just uncanny. It's weird to watch. Like, I watched... Jadavion Clowney's old college highlights and Kayvon Thibodeau's college highlights back-to-back, and the resemblance is mind-blowing. And, you know, just only the way they play. They're a little bit different. Yeah, Sam, he's watching highlights of uh, I just watched several plays of him. Yeah. I see the comparison. Yeah, Yeah. he's... Oh, man. I, I definitely have seen it, too, and, uh, the only thing that I, I hope for Texans fans and uh, me being one of them formerly, 
yeah. Until after a lot yeah. of things went down, then I kind we of we all just, know, yeah. After, you know, <laughs> but uh, it, uh, uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, oh God, I, I hope he's a better pass rusher than Clowney was. And Clowney, he was give him credit. He was a really good run stopper, not necessarily a pass rusher. I mean, he'll get you like them seven, five sacks guaranteed every year. But like he was a good run stopper, right? And yeah, and paid a lot right now. Though I mean, he did have stints where he he wasn't uh, he he did he got like zero sacks for the Seattle Seahawks in one year. But I mean, yeah, that down year, and then he went to Cleveland with Miles Garrett. He's not number one; he's a number two, and he thrives off being a number two pass rusher. Oh, because I know. Putting so much worry and concern on the other guy that he's freed up on a one on one, and so he can get the quarterback a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, on Tennessee wasn't exactly the same situation, which is why he he uh, failed in many instances to uh, bring up any production. Yeah. Anyways, all right. So uh, I, I I do not agree, disagree at all with the pick, Eric. In fact, mm-hmm. I have taking him as well. And one one reason I had them taking him was not only his uh, kind of versatility and and his resemblance to J- Jadavion Clowney, but his uh his possible scheme fit because they have the Texans reportedly have come down to two candidates and it's either Brian Flores or Josh McCown. No idea what Josh McCown will run on the defensive side. Here's his defensive scheme, I should say. But Brian Flores runs a three four, I guess you could say pass rush kind of blitz a little bit, you know, where he's yeah. definitely rush five every time. Maybe kind of bluff it every once in a while, but he's going to rush five mostly. And um, K, they, uh, KV on Thibodeau would definitely fit that mold very well. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to disagree either. I mean, I've got him going. He's Him and Aiden Hutchinson are, to, are the two best edge rushers in this draft, and there's no really denying it at all. Nope. They're, they're uh, really- true. I mean – I know I said a lot of edge rushers and a lot of other players aside from Kyle Hamilton haven't really separated themselves from the pack. But honestly, Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau have really separated themselves from the edge rushers, not from the rest of the players, but from the edge rushers themselves. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my two cents on it as well. Uh, Sammy, you want to say anything? Yeah, Thibodeau, he just keeps his hands moving, like, like constantly. He's always moving, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it, it reminds me a lot of Jadavon Clowney. It really does. Yeah, it was it was Wait. scary when I looked at it because I was like, whoa. I yeah. mean, I know college has gotten, you know, the college schemes have gotten a lot better since Jadavion was in them. Yeah. You know, because when he broke out and he was doing all the same things Thibodeau was doing in college, it wasn't something that was heard of before. But then Exactly. You know, That's what I was thinking. That was my thoughts, bro. Okay, Jadavon Clowney was like a different breed when he came out, yeah. more or less. And now we're seeing those pass rushers come more and more. We saw Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Chase Young was highly compared to Jadavon Clowney, and oh, I yeah. saw it. Like, bro, we just see this new wave of pass rushers. And, then, of course, you got Aiden Hutchinson. Who's, and then who's there, was, there was a time because be... Aiden Hutchinson I would almost compare to a Bosa. Exactly. Oh, yeah, Nick Bosa, yeah. That's, I that's... actually – lot like yeah i will tell you as soon as i saw aiden hutchinson play i looked straight at him and i was like 
this guy is straight Nick Bosa. It's yeah, almost he's crazy. He's got the same number too, so I mean. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't actually the number either, because I looked at I I know. I, I'm just messing. I, I, I know you are. But um in all seriousness, with Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau, it was honestly the first two top rated edge rushers in the NFL in a long time that I could watch their college film and look at them and just be like, they remind me of these players. Yeah. Like, and I could only compare them to one. And that's the crazy part. Like I've taken other players that I've watched film on in college and just been like, Oh, they look like this guy, or they look at this, like this guy. And I have like four different player comparisons for one out of college. These players, I literally looked at them and I said, Aiden Hutchinson is Nick Bosa and Kayvon Thibodeau is Jadeveon Clowney. And the similarities are scary. That's yeah. kind of why I have the feeling Aiden Hutchinson is starting to fly up graph boards is because oh, yeah. like, we could get a shot at having be. a Bosa brother on our yeah, team. Yeah, he like, deserves of the the boy, the boy. No lie. Oh yeah. All right. So I guess we'll move on to pick number four. All so right. with the fourth round, with the fourth overall pick, I've got the New York Jets picking up. Um, and this is going to be very controversial because people say he's not the best corner in the draft right now. And I've kind of watched his film, and I honestly think he plays more like a safety. But uh, Derek Stingley Jr., and I know he's dropped down a lot of boards, but basically the Jets haven't had – let's put it this way. I know Jamal Adams wasn't very much a cover safety, but ever since he's left, that secondary has been horrendous, to say the least. And nope. in all honesty, it doesn't matter if they get Stingley here, they get Ahmad Gardner, they get Trent McDuffie. Mm-hmm. Honestly, any secondary player is any. Honestly, they should take the highest rated secondary player at number four, no matter who it is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, 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 I could not agree less with you, Eric. I'm serious. Like, <laughs> I, I, thanks, Eric. The Jets, the number one need is a defensive back. Period. True. That is safety or a corner. Ooh. I, yeah. I, it is. It's. Ooh. It is almost. Hold it. It now, is almost ridiculous how how much they need a defensive back. I'm yeah. serious. Now but, I will say I do have to say, Marcus May is not one of those players that I look down on. He's actually probably okay. the best in that secondary. That being said, yeah, it's agree. not saying much. So. Go ahead. No, that's yeah. it. That's all I yeah. had. And, and to add on to that, he's a free agent this year. So, oh man, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I and I have actually looked in the past, and when him and Jamal Adams were there, I think he was a lot more underrated than people thought because he showed up in the film and he was putting in the work. And I, I, I seen a lot of good things from Marcus May, but oh yeah. Being on the Jets secondary, I mean, you're you could have the, one of the best players, and still, I mean, it, it's just it's it, you could have Darrell Revis back out there. And I mean, seriously, like you're gonna be the same place you are in the draft. I mean, like it's not gonna be much different. Oh yeah, but I mean, like I, I mean, that's not dis- disrespecting Darrell. Dur- it's just the oh, Jets. Oh yeah, I got gotcha. you. Not really good at all. Like I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who do you got? <laughs> okay. 
I, 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 I'm honestly with you there, Eric, on taking a defensive back. That's why I have them taking Kyle Hamilton. Mm, yeah. Now, now, if he does drop this far, I totally believe he will not drop no farther than number four. Oh, I do too. Yeah. And I, I, whether it's him or Stingley, I totally agree with you on that. Those picks. DB is D- a need. DB is a need, like we were just ranting about a second ago. But it's just Kyle Hamilton. I think if he's at this position, six four, what we we're talking about a second ago, lanky can cover the whole field. I think it'd be too yeah, much. Yeah, two twenty plus. I think it'd be just too much for um, Robert Sala. Sala, thank you to yeah. pass because I mean he's a defensive guy. Like he would just be almost. Uh, like he just, I'm at, uh, he's just man. drooling to get this player on his team. Like, seriously. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, where can I line him up today? Like, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like corner, dude. linebacker, <laughs> safety. Like, you know. <laughs> we like, gonna put him on the D line though. Good like, lord. <laughs> you know, he could. Act, I'm. I'm actually convinced <laughs> that he could thrive on the D line. Well, he's well, six foot okay, four, two twenty okay. plus, man. Let's, they got crazy. Let's, let's not get into this yeah. crazy land, boys. Man. <laughs> let's not start talking about him like I, he's Isaiah Simmons or anything, you know? No. Yeah. Anyway, oh my goodness. But yeah, I, I I totally agree with the assessment on defensive back as top need for the Jets. That's why I have them taking Kyle Hamilton. All right. Yeah. Uh, you have anything to add on that? <laughs> uh. No, I just I agree. Secondary is a definite need, definitely. Whether that's Derek Stingley or yeah, or Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, I mean, if you get Derek Stingley, he's gonna shut down one side of the field. I mean, yeah. It's just, I, I, they had a statistical analysis come out from LSU, and uh, last year I think it was he let up two passes that were like twenty plus yards or more on like five or six attempts. And, and granted, one was like a touchdown or something. And then the other was uh, 10 yards or so, you know, like medium routes. Yeah. He left four or five out of like 19, I think. And he didn't play all year. That's why it's it's so low because he, he would have probably been targeted more throughout the year. But uh, it, it was just uh, – it was mind-boggling because I was like – he played in like, I want to say four or five games. And that's yeah. – that's – that's that's crazy for a corner to let up that amount and four or five catches on like nineteen attempts on medium routes. That's that's pretty dadgum good if you ask me. So if they went Derek Stingley here, I would I would be fine with that because as the past has shown, LSU has been a DBU. Whether you go from Tyran for Davius White to Patrick, Patrick Peterson. Peterson. It's yeah. just on and on. So I mean, I I would not be mad with that pick at all, at all. If I'm if I'm Joe Douglas, because like he he would be fine with any DB at that point. I mean, exactly. <laughs> and okay. I don't see Kyle Hamilton going any further. You know, dropping any further in the draft. He's just too insane. Yeah, like, exactly. He's he just built different for his <laughs> position. Yeah, oh, and yeah. like. Where are we going to line him up today? It's just defensive coordinators, especially, should be drooling over that pick. Oh yeah, definitely. I completely agreed. I've got no quarrels right now. So far, aside from Jacksonville's pick and Detroit's pick, okay. you haven't really differed. 
Yeah, you're you're probably gonna love my number four selection. <laughs> Bring it on, bud. I've got a pretty good one too. I'd like to see who you got actually. All right, so the Giants. I is it okay if I roll with the the selection? Yeah, Eric? go ahead. Okay, so the Giants, Eric. The Giants. I have them taking a priority need, and this is offensive tackle. Charles Cross from Mississippi State. And I'll tell you why. Because he's not the best offensive tackle in the draft, but he is the best pass protector in the draft. It's true. He's he's either top or he's like up there with Evan Neal, I guess you'd say. Many would argue, I guess. Yeah. But he's, he's one of the top. And that's why I had the Giants taking him because they got their offensive coordinator – or, I mean, a former offensive coordinator, coordinator from the Bills, Brian Dable, who loves to throw the ball all over the field, which he oh, showed yeah. Allen at the Bills. But – um, and now he's going to the New York Giants system where he's going to try to implement that where they have a terrible offensive line. The receivers, they, they need this new scheme to kind of – you know, get their game going because they paid a lot for Kenny Gall. They got first round pick and their uh, uh, Darius Tony, and then they have Darius Slayton, who was a breakout from Auburn in like the later rounds that they had drafted two years prior. I want to say, so they they have a lot of lot of talent on offense, but they need someone to protect the blind side of Daniel Jones very well or well enough so that they can get the ball in the hands of these receivers. And yeah. Darius Tony, he's a special kid. I see a lot of uh a lot of kind of a McCole Hardman, I guess you could say. A little shorter, but yeah. really shifty. Like, you know, kind of Jalen Waddle a little bit and you know yeah. how Tyreek's got that shiftiness too with him, that kind of twitch. Yeah, it's just pretty much. And you can't teach almost. It's 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 uh it's Yeah, it's, I got you. Anyways, I, yeah, I like that pick. I do. And uh, that's actually why I have them taking probably the best offensive lineman available at number five. And, um, you know, you had Evan Neal going number one overall. I actually have him getting pick up, picked up by the Giants at this pick for exactly the same reason. You know, people like to blame Daniel Jones for the Giants' woes. Oh, Daniel Jones is just isn't a good enough quarterback. Daniel Jones, you know, they like to point – fingers at the quarterback when the team's doing terrible but here's the thing people don't do their research they need to look at the you know the root of the problem which is the offensive line that the last great player they've drafted is Andrew Thomas and he's you know been playing half as good as he was in college and it's one of those things and Nate Solder they traded for him with the Patriots and the dude hasn't had a breakout season since i mean it's yep. not the giants fault it's just the player and mm-hmm. i mean it's one of those things they need to and if they're going to stick with daniel jones they need to start protecting him better and and i, I mean feel- they they did get their fourth overall pick or no it was fifth overall i want to say andrew thomas yeah it was like three or four years ago no it was 2020 2020 it was two years ago sorry guys no you're right. Uh, yeah, in the draft, and uh, he's more of a run blocker. He's not a pass protector. So exactly, 
why they would need to shore up that blind side. And I would say move Andrew Thomas over to the right side and kind of have him as a sure enough run blocker for Saquon, paving yeah. the way. For so the Giants, I think this was a desperate need that they need to get, period, in the draft. And if they do not get an offensive lineman, oh, my gosh. I don't I, yeah. not, say, uh, It's just the Giants. I mean, yeah. I, it, it kind of they picked up spread. Daniel Jones at at what was his seventh overall? Yeah, yeah, it was in twenty nineteen draft. Well, draft. it seems like in all honesty, John Mara loves Daniel Jones because he's honestly been picking up weapons and uh, help for him the last couple drafts ever since he drafted him. Because you know yeah. he was drafted in nineteen, and then you look at the pattern twenty twenty they picked up Andrew Thomas, and then twenty twenty one they picked up Kadarius Tony. So they're really trying to help Daniel Jones further. It's just they've kind of been picking the wrong person at the wrong time, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like if Evan Neal drops to number five, it's kind of a no-brainer for the Giants to pick him up. But honestly, if they don't have him, it's between Charles Cross and Tyler Linderbaum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, moving on to the number six pick. Jeremiah, what do you have? Okay. Oh, wait. uh, So, six pick. I have the taking a position that I feel like they cannot pass up on just from the feeling I get because the best pass-protecting offensive tackles off the board and the best offensive tackle in many people or uh, many draft analysis opinion is also taken or offensive tackle I should say is taken. Uh, sorry, I'm rambling again, guys. No, you're but good. The Panthers, I have them taking quarterback Matt Corral from Mississippi or Ole Miss. As mm-hmm. So you already have them moving on from Sam Darnold? <laughs> Question mark? That's a shocker. <laughs> no way. We did You're not see kidding that coming. me. Did not see that coming with Teddy Bridgewater either, did we? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Stationary gonna be Yeah, I'm not gonna pick you apart for that. Honestly, I don't for Matt Rule, he's so much in love. The only reason I'd say they probably wouldn't take quarterback is solely because Matt Rule's so in love with Sam Darnold at this point. And he's so young that I feel like Matt Rule, unless Sam Darnold just throws like goes 30 for 30 like Jameis Winston did back <laughs> yeah. a couple years ago, he's not going to get rid of Sam Darnold as long as he's serviceable. Yeah, I got that. But when I see Matt Corral, he kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Zach Wilson size comparison, but he has an elite arm. Oh, yeah. And he brings a different dynamic in his toughness in the run game that's uh, kind of ridiculous. True. Oh, he, yeah. Uh, for his size, too. I mean, he's like what, six foot, six foot one, but he, and he weighs like yeah, 180. Six two. And uh, he brings like he, – he'll, he'll run over – defensive backs and he he brings that physicality when trying to get into yeah him. he brings that josh allen kind of kind of feel but definitely not the size at all yeah, oh, yeah. And, and then he he loves the rpo so i mean kind of Matt there, Rule, but not josh you have allen. dj moore robbie anderson and then you add matt rule or i say i'm sorry matt corral and then you have christian mccaffrey in the backfield and you're running rpos oh yeah that Who's, would be a dream come true. That'd be scary. That, that's saying like, who would want to try to stop that right there now? Because Matt Robbie and 
DJ are going to either burn you or you got Christian who's just going to like somehow find his way into the end zone eventually. Oh, yeah. Times the game. I mean, that's just eventually going to happen. I mean, yeah. he's just, he's, he's talented. He's, he's too talented not to. Oh, yeah. So yeah. for me at number six, I have them taking one of the best players available still. And honestly, I don't think Aiden Hutchinson is going to drop this far. But if he does, I feel like Carolina picks him up. So I've Ooh. got them going Aiden Hutchinson. That would okay. That would be a pretty good defense next year if they picked up Aiden Hutchinson. That is oh, yeah. a uh, that is a good pick. Yeah, I I will agree with you on that. Yeah, because I mean, I like. He reminds me of Nick Bosa, definitely, like, in all honesty. And I feel like Carolina needs that sort of transcend edge rusher. Yeah, yeah. They haven't had that since Julius Peppers left. Exactly, uh uh-huh. Exactly, I totally Yeah. That's why a good uh, edge rusher like Aiden Hutchinson would be a a almost can't miss prospect at that position if you're the Panthers. Yeah, if he's dropping that far, you got to pick him up. Like, like you, almost... would, you would have Brian Burns on the other side. He was been a, a good pickup, I would have said. I out of the, uh, what was it, the 18 draft. Been progressing every year slightly, a little bit more. Yeah. You know, he's solid edge. And then you got Hassan Reddick, who may come back on a – a long-term contract, I guess. I, or I say long-term, I'm sorry, but a two- or three-year deal maybe because he was yeah. on a one-year free agent this year. But, I mean, he was a good he was a good edge rusher for the Panthers this year, I think having double-digit, maybe nine sacks. It was yeah. it was nine-plus from what I remember. Right. So, so, if they picked him up, I think they would have one of the nastiest defensive lines immediately. Oh, yeah. In their – like easily scary. Yeah, it wouldn't even be close in my opinion. But anyway, um, let's see. At number seven, who do you got? Okay. I have the New York Giants taking yet again another offensive lineman, but it is a center, Tyler Lindenbaum. Linderbaum from Hey, before we start getting into discussion, let me just tell you. I have the same exact thing going. You have the same player? Heck yeah, I've got them taking oh, Tyler Linderbaum. Oh, okay. It's well, no, it's no brainer. I mean, if he's sitting there, you gotta. Yeah, it really, it, it really is. I mean, oh my goodness, it, it really is a no brainer, though. Seriously. Like, I feel like people are gonna be like, "Well, go pick some up something else, like defense or set. You know, get someone on the defense of this pick." And I'm just like, no. They really need to invest in offensive line if they're going to pick keep with Daniel Jones. If they want to protect him, they need to roll with offensive line with both these first round picks. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And All right. I, uh, what's, did you want to say something? Well, I'll just go on the fact that with this pick, the Giants show that they're all in on Daniel Jones and they're trying to protect him. So it's it's almost just a no-brainer. I mean, their pass protection, they, uh, they probably have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. So adding two solid interior, well, 
offensive linemen in general, whether interior or not, is a must need for the Giants coming into the new draft. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the number eight pick. And who do you have, Jeremiah? Um, Okay. Number eight. Yeah. Derek Stingley to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Okay. And that's and that's all right. I, I mean, you know, that would be – that's just – that's kind of a dream pick, you know what I'm saying? Because Derek Stingley next to A.J. Terrell, that's crazy. All right? Let's, oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. That was, that's insane. That's uh, – because we already know A.J. Terrell proved himself, obviously, big deal. But Derek Stingley right next to that, that would be insane. If Derek Stingley falls this far, that would be insane. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I do have to say I'm kind of – honestly, I looked at their uh, – I looked at their depth chart. Yeah, I really don't think secondary's as big a pick for them Dude, as that's what, some that's other positions. This right here would be one of those uh, – what's the word for that? Uh, a pick that people would fantasize about. Oh two yeah, fast two lockdown cornerbacks. Like, you know, because if he falls this far, then you pretty much got to pick him up. And so that's kind of one of those picks. I believe. Yeah. Well, for me at number eight for Atlanta, I'm thinking. You know, what's one thing that they absolutely need? And with you, and with my draft board so far, you know. Garrett Wilson's out of the picture. You know, he got picked up at number two by the Lions. So I'm thinking, who's the next best? Um, so I've got the Falcons going Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. That makes sense. Like, I can see that too. Yeah. Solely because you look at their wide receiver core, and aside from Calvin Ridley, who was out because of family issues and maybe gone after this season, and, you know, Russell Gage was okay, but not as good as yeah. Ridley. And then trading away Julio Jones to the Titans before the draft last season, they're they've got next to no one on that wide receiver core. And I mean, at this point in the draft, Drake London is the next best wide receiver on the board. So I feel like, why wouldn't you? Exactly, I agree. Um, and that would make the most sense as a good pick. Yeah, honestly. Well, um, where'd Jeremiah go? Uh, he should be back pretty soon. I don't know what he, where he went. I guess to go say some stuff to my dad, ask him a question. Oh, gotcha. he okay. He handed me the phone. He was like, here, uh, you got this. And I was like, I, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, yeah, I was going to say, he just left. He just left mid-episode. I was confused. Yeah, I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, um, we're running up on our deadline for this part of the episode. So I'm just going to cut it here and let us go to commercial break. And then we'll come back and do number nine through 16. And then we can do the rest if y'all want, but it'll probably be in a separate episode that I published tonight. Okay. That's fine. Okay. If that works for y'all. All right. So we'll be back in a minute. All right. Hello. Hello. We're back. All right. Back from break. 
Heck yeah, boys. Woo! All right. Well, I guess we'll move on to uh, number nine. Is Jer- Jeremiah, are you back? I'm back yet, yeah, boys. Yay! Okay. So, let me just recap real quick, Jeremiah. You didn't get to hear my number eight pick. I heard yours. Um, so, okay. I had the Atlanta Falcons going Drake London, wide receiver out of Ooh. USC. Ooh. Yeah, see, that I love sense. the. I actually love that pick. Do not get me wrong. I love the the Falcons picking anything here. Really, besides screwing it and going like Jordan Davis. So, uh, don't get me wrong. Jordan Davis is good, but he's like a yeah. uh, Dexter Lawrence two years ago. He's not. And then eighth overall. And then like uh, I, 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 there's players here I, like quarterback. I, I really like this quarterback class. Don't get me wrong, but the Falcons they need a lot more holes to fill. Yeah. Get that quarterback of the future. So I really like receiver or corner here. Really like it. Yeah. So that's. A, I, I will totally agree with you. Yeah, and I liked I liked your pick of Derek Stingley at this point, but in all honesty, in my own opinion, I feel like their wide receiver core with Calvin Ridley out and Russell Gage, you know, performing yeah, yeah. decently enough. But after that, the talent just drops off at their wide receiver core. So, honestly, I feel like they take wide receiver here no matter what. It's no offense to Derek Stingley, but, I mean, you know, oh, there's and, bigger holes. And here's here's an idea, too. So, I remember I said earlier about the Falcons probably maybe not trading down. I, I restate my argument. So, here's what I think could happen. The Falcons could trade down in a situation like this. They get a bundle from the Philadelphia Eagles for, like, two of their first-round picks. I'm just going to throw out something here, like, their 15th and their 19th or, like, 16th and 19th or something to move up to number eight to get a player that they want, maybe like a Derrick Stingler or whatever, you know, because – Eagles have some holes that they could fill. Yeah. They, pick. they have a lot of draft capital. A lot. Yeah. And um, that's just a situation I could see what the Falcons are doing because they don't need a single player in this draft, like I was saying. They need an edge rusher, and they need a corner or receiver or maybe even an interior lineman really bad in this draft. Oh, yeah. An interior lineman, more like a guard, you know, kind of in there. They're, they're center, maybe center, depending on the Tyler and the Linderbaum situation. But <clears throat> that is what – those are like my top three biggest needs I see they need at this point. And that's the only situation I see them I, – I, I really see that situation happening very strongly that they trade down because of the need for more players. Yeah. And limited draft or uh, limited cap space this year because of the reworking of Matt Ryan's deal and Julio Jones and all that, you know. So it's just <clears throat> it's just little things like that that come into play that could help push for a trade like that to the Eagles. Exactly. I got you. That or, makes well, sense. I, with the Eagles, sorry. No, you're good. All right, so I guess we'll move on to the number nine pick with the Denver Broncos. Um, so for me – I have them, and a lot of people are going, draft a quarterback, draft a quarterback. John, you do it every year, draft a quarterback. And oh, I'm saying, yeah. oh. but what about the defense? And so I'm thinking, and this is going off on a tangent, 
Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. They lost Von Miller to the Rams. He's been injured a lot, so it makes sense. They haven't really had a breakout star aside from Bradley Chubb on that defense and really Pat Sertan in the secondary. But they need good defensive help. And I feel like at this pick, Devin Lloyd, no-brainer. Yeah. So I love that pick because Devin Lloyd has showed the ability to blitz when needed, but he's more of a almost weak side linebacker. He could play with the Broncos on a 3-4 kind of under if they still run that, depending on next year. Or, or no, no, depending on what their uh, coordinator, their their head coach wants to run. I forgot yeah. who did they hire now. Have they hired someone yet? Uh, it's uh, uh, I can't remember if they've hired anyone. Uh, anyway, I think they may be still in the – No, wait, no, they did. Nathaniel Hackett. From uh, the Patriots? Oh. The Patriots? Let, let me look this up. Wasn't it? Before I start spitting out things that are untrue. Wasn't it the OC for the Patriots, Nathaniel Hackett? Uh, let me check real quick. Hey, guys. Love you. Hey, that's my dad, Eric. I heard him. Okay, um, I'm checking. Yeah, it's Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wasn't he OC for the Patriots? Uh... I'm checking real quick. Um, uh, Green Bay Packers offense. Green Bay Packers, yeah. That's oh, right. Green Bay. Yep, I forgot. Oh. Yeah, it was someone else that was hiring all the pa- – it was Las Vegas that was hiring all the Patriots people. Um, yeah, Green Bay, it makes sense. It it makes sense why they got him. I forgot the whole Aaron Rodgers spiel. Yeah. That's another big thing why I don't think they'll take quarterback here is because they're hinging on the fact that Aaron Rodgers will come. Exactly. True. So, True. If Aaron Rodgers was traded, in my opinion, and if he does end up winning MVP like everyone's saying, I think it would probably take the ninth overall pick, maybe with a swap of their pick. Yeah. Like ninth for their 23rd and Aaron Rodgers or something. Because moving up to the ninth, don't get me wrong, that's a big deal. And Aaron Rodgers, he's good, but he's like, what, 38 years old? It'd be yeah. like a kind of rental deal, you know, for a few years. Exactly. Of Aaron Rodgers' career, which he's still, I, some could argue, in his prime. Which yeah. they they would take anything over Teddy Bridgewater or uh, a, a developmental true uh, Drew Locke. Yeah. It feels like they've been with a developmental or development quarterback for the past five or six years. Oh, they have. Yeah, definitely. They go They're, through quarterbacks. Super Bowl so fast. The Broncos won it with Peyton Manning. So, I, I can see this deal going down, especially since I'm coming from Green Bay. I think it's just – it's written on the wall at this point that w- what's about to happen. It's just a feeling I get. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyway. What do you got? I got a defensive player as well. Okay. And it is Edge George Carlophilus. Oh. Now, here's why. So, I like it. The, I, I love the Devin Lloyd pick. Don't get me wrong. I That is a good pick. Yeah. I think the three positions that they could draft here would either be Devin Lloyd, George Carlophilus, if they get a shot at him. Yeah. Or 
Nicobe Dean from Georgia. And the reason I say that is because they could get another linebacker because they're losing all their starters, I think, on the at the linebacker position. Or I should say inside linebacker position to the free agency. Uh, one of them that they traded from the Rams, I forgot what his name was. It wasn't Clint. It, it, I, anyway, I'm not going to throw out any names, get it wrong. Yeah. Uh, he's going to free agency. Uh, Joey, uh, Josie, uh, Josie Jewell, uh, four, number 47 for him. He's going to free agency. And then uh, I forgot what the other guy's name was. But that they have a lot of linebackers going to free agency this year. So if they want to reset kind of with a new defense scheme, maybe. I, I kind of hope he still runs a 3-4 because Bradley Chubb, you know. I wouldn't want to see him go to a 4-3. Kind of, He kind of seems just like that 3-4 outside linebacker. Okay. And uh, you, you, it just – the George Karlofalis guys, from the film I have seen on this guy, he will maul offensive tackles with power. Like, he's not necessarily clean in his moves. He's just like straight bull rusher. Right. I mean, like, he, he's kind of a little bit of Aiden Hutchinson where he'll line up on a 3-4 defensive end, and then he'll also line up at the outside linebacker. I guess you could say like a – on a five-man rush, on a three-four, kind of blitzing a little bit, you know, he yeah. he would he, he can he can he can uh, he he's versatile is what I'm trying to get at, guys, and just just the and I, just the the idea of pairing him with Bradley Chubb with his power, it's it kind of it kind of gives me flashbacks of Vaughn Miller. And Demarcus Ware, just 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 thinking of the idea when they went to the Super Bowl, and I'm not I'm not I'm not putting him in the same category as Demarcus Ware or Vaughn Miller. Don't get me wrong, but just yeah, no, I got you. The just the idea of pairing those two together just kind of gives you that idea of back then. Because give Vaughn Miller correct credit, he's a great pass rusher, but he wasn't. He he's kind of fading out of his prime when Bradley Chubb got there. He had oh, that yeah. ACL injury. And then I think Bradley Chubb had it the next year or something. He, he, no, no, Bradley Chubb tore his ACL his first or second year. So it, they haven't had a really a lot of time before uh, Vaughn Miller got traded to play with each other on each other's strengths, you know, kind of pass rushing. Right. Is, and I just I, – I think this would be too intriguing for the Broncos to pass up. I mean, oh, just yeah. – or whether they're whether or not they're going from a four three to a three four, or I mean from a three four to a four three, or whether they want to stay with a three four, it's just it, it would just be intriguing in general. Oh yeah, definitely. And and like I said, I I think that kind of speed mixed with a power would be very a uh, very interesting dynamic for the Broncos to have on that defensive front. It would just be so intriguing. I think they couldn't pass up on it. Oh yeah, I believe that too. All right, moving on to number 10. I have the New York Jets taking exactly the same player that you had the Broncos taking, George Karloftis out of Purdue. I like that pick. Yes. (laughs) I think Jets pairing a defensive back of Derek Stingley's caliber with 
George Karloffelis, that's just an intriguing idea, really. Because, like, you got Coyne and Williams on the front, and then John Franklin Myers, who's kind of been a little bit of a breakout player. Or, or, or you get Cole Lawson on the opposite side of him, who, to his credit, I think it was uh, two or three years ago when he was with the Bengals, he had a 10 sack season, I want to say. Yeah. With, uh, yeah, it was about Brown there. That's why he got paid so much at the Jets. I just think that dynamic would be very interesting. That's why I like, I love that pick there. Yeah. Okay, so who do you have? I have, instead, the Jets taking linebacker Nakobe Dean from Georgia. And now, I okay. will my reason why. Now, I, I do like the idea, like you were, uh, like I was saying a second ago, about the edge, and I, I totally get that idea. But I've heard a lot of perspective on that the li- linebacker production for the Jets – has been fair, but not well enough. C.J. Mosley, obviously he's not as good as he was when he was with the Ravens. Right. Kind of steadily declining. I mean, he's already about in his 30s. They had Jamin Davis, I, I want to say, or Jer- uh, Jared Davis on a one-year deal from the Lions, but uh, he got injured halfway through the season, and uh, he didn't really get to show what he re- – what how good he was for the Jets. They just haven't had solid linebacker production. And I think getting a solid run stopper, someone that can command, kind of lead them, I guess you could say. Because, honestly, the quarterback of the defense is the middle linebacker. He's the yeah. one that gets one set. I mean, you look back to Brian Urlacher, uh Mike Singletary, or uh, I'm sorry, guys, uh, for the Bears, I'm trying to think of. Sorry, Mike Singletary. The the the, the Bears had great linebackers back then, but yeah. they, those are just some examples of how they led the Bears' defense <clears throat> from the middle linebacker position, but they had such an impact on them that they were able to lead their teams to championships or Super Bowls. And now, Kobe Dean, he did that with Georgia. He led that 100%. He led that defense to the the national championship game. The not necessarily the eventual win because their quarterback he 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 stepped up in the last fourth quarter. But he 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 was that vocal leader on the defense that brought them together. When when one of the players did something right, he. He was like, "Yeah, that's right." You, you, you know, let him know that they did a good job or whatnot. You know, congratulating or whatever you want to say. But yeah, he's just he's got that personality about him where I think if he was put on the Jets, especially with the Derek Singletary, two, two defensive players, guarantee one hundred percent, two defensive players for the Jets, and, and just with a mix of Nicobe Dean and whoever else, I think there would be an interesting dynamic that. It would instantaneously, or I should say, instantly improve their defense. Instantly, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, definitely. It would. It'd make it from bottom to I would say respectable middle of the pack, maybe a little higher, and that's saying a lot from just. And I mean, giving them respect, they're two really good players, whoever they are, but. With Nakobe Dean in the mix with whoever the other player is, I, I really think that'd be too much to pass on. 
exactly. All right, I, I, I get where you're coming from, definitely. And New York, yeah, they've had a lot of linebacking problems, and C.J. Mosley is the only bright light on a kind of dull spot on that offense. And I do think Robert Sala wouldn't pass up the attempt to get Nicobe Dean at all, honestly, because he was so dang good at Georgia. Yeah. I got you. Okay. So I guess we'll move on to the number 11 pick, the Washington, and I can't believe we don't have to call them the football team anymore. Did you change their name on yours? Wow. Yeah. Okay, I did it. What do you guys think? Just a little sidebar. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I think that literally would take a whole show's worth just to talk about that. Oh, you don't that's like the commies? On, that's a no. I'll give you a little, uh, little a sneak one. peek of one of our episodes. I think it is a joke. Okay. Something I heard from Ron Rivera just talking about how we need leaders out there or commanders, which is why he liked the name commanders or a lot or whatnot, you know, kind of leading the United States right now, kind of being a leader out there. I thought was hilarious just because of the past allegations against the football team. So yeah, that's, that's kind of that's a side note. Don't get us wrong. The name Commanders oh. is that's a new one for the NFL. Yeah. Now, yeah, their jerseys. I, I even told Sam. I said it's going to take time. Yeah. Like I don't like. Yeah. Go ahead, Eric. They're not drastically different. From... Yeah, they're not really. Here's the thing. They need. A logo. It's killing me. I hate the W. w- I hate it. It's bland. Oh. It's disgusting. It's taken its place as the worst logo in all of football right now. And that includes what? the Browns. Uh, it just drives me insane. Because I thought with this well, new name okay. change, they okay. were going to get a logo. And I was yeah. like, yes, I'm so excited. And then I saw it was just a W. It was the same W, but highlighted. Yeah. And I was like, why? <laughs> totally get that. See, <laughs> yeah. it's just, yeah, it's just, just the W kind of highlighted a little different, weirdly. And like like you're saying, there are a lot of teams out there with different logos. I mean, you look at the Ravens, the yeah. Browns. I mean, they got a helmet of just just uh, their helmet. helmet. It's a what? helmet. And uh, you got like the, like I was saying, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, and they're like, well, the Bengals are the exception, okay? But then the Falcons and like KC, they have an arrowhead yeah. with yeah. KC in it. I mean, they got the letters, but still, they got a, you know, a yeah. uh, emblem or whatever on there. Yeah, like it's, it's a, not a, just a letter; it's that's uh, highlighted it's different. It's a symbol, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's basically. a. It's just. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah. I, I, anyway, I, that's an entire epi- like you said. That's an entire episode by itself. All right. Um, <clears throat> So, I have the Washington Commanders. <laughs> it's never going to be not weird. It's not going to stick. Uh, after, it's after, not. After we go from, <clears throat> shall I say, Redskins. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said that. No. Redacted. <laughs> or canceled. Uh, to the football team, to the Commanders. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Those dirty commies up there in Washington. Uh, I joke when they said it was the football team. <laughs> I was like, I was yeah, like, okay. Who okay, hold up. We're dying. Okay. Oh, yeah. Anyway, back on track. <clears throat> so, I have at number 11 the Washington Commanders drafting 
Desmond Ritter, quarterback out of Cincinnati. Now, let me tell you why. He is the best pick at this point. And I did have – and people have Sam Howell and Matt Corral and even Kenny Pickett rated higher higher than Desmond Ritter. But here's the thing. He – Desmond Ritter has such a good skill set from what I've seen from him. His numbers at Cincinnati don't do him justice as a quarterback. And I do – and I will stand by that. Mm. So, I, okay. So, I, I I'd agree with you. He does have a good skill set, and uh, some of the other quarterbacks like uh, Sam Howell. I, Sam Howell, I'd compare to a Baker Mayfield with maybe a little slight better arm. Yeah, a little more mobile or mobile. I guess you could say more willing to run. I guess right. And like Malik, he's a. He's a dual threat. I don't know really who to compare him to right now, but he's kind of got in- inconsistencies in his accuracy. Right. Lamar Jackson. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I-, I feel like better on. Yeah. Definitely. Like, just... And then Kenny Pickett. He's your – Kenny Pickett's your solid go-to player if you're a team that's like, I, I need a solid high floor Maybe a little lower ceiling than the rest of the guys, or maybe yeah. not much of a higher ceiling than what he has, but he's got a high floor. He's got a yeah. really stable floor. If you're he, a team that needs somebody to work with. Exactly. And, and I, I've actually heard a few comparisons, and I know this might sound kind of outrageous, but I've heard comparisons of him and Joe Burrow Ooh. a little bit. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell I, this, you mine. Uh, no, this is not me. This is like people from the Reese's Senior Bowl over Mobile. These are like actual weird. coaches that the reports came out with. And well, why think, Joe Burrow? I've already got a perfect quarterback in mind, and it fits the city and everything. I uh, literally, I watch him, and I literally compare him to a younger Big Ben. Oh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. He reminds me so much of Ben Roethlisberger earlier on, whenever he was like a bit more mobile. I I will I will I will I I, I kind of <laughs> like person. It is it is fair because he's not necessarily a speedster, but I mean he's he's a decent runner. We'll give him yeah. that Pickett, but like he's not gonna burn you like a Malik Willis with yeah, his legs. Exactly. And I I, I kind of want to throw a little hint out there maybe one of my future picks no no i'm not gonna spool none sorry sorry okay I'm, all right I'm, anyway <clears throat> okay what's, what's, what have you got eric at number 11 desmond ritter quarterback out of cincinnati for the yep. washington commanders so I they like can't... Yo, go. sorry i'm cutting i'm cutting no you're good because i was just gonna say i'm sorry i love tanner Hyatt. Taylor Heineke, I love his Cinderella story, but that's just what it is. A Cinderella story, the clock's gonna strike midnight at some point, and I feel like it's this season. And in all honesty, they need someone to go forward as a franchise QB, and at this pick, Desmond Ritter is my choice for them. Okay. See, I I I like that pick. I like that pick. And I think he would, he would, he would, I think, I actually have a feeling he would thrive with that with that uh, kind of system, you know, because yeah, they got it. Terry McLaurin, yeah. which is a good receiver. See, like, back 
back at Cincinnati, what what good number one receiver, tight end, and receivers all together? Granted, like the whole, uh, you know, considering everyone, or even running backs, who was his number one clear cut? Like, was it a really good receiver? I, yeah, was and there it's one that was one that was stood out, out that was like, yeah, he's he's a he's definitely target. Yeah, like Sam. I said. mean, he had Alec Pierce and Josh Weil who are both entering this draft. And I, I'm sorry. I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to get at, Eric, is yeah, I got you. They 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 were good, but they weren't great. But were they like a Jamison Williams at Alabama? Uh, were they uh, Calvin uh, Johnson? Cal- you know you're gonna throw. Well, not necessarily Calvin Johnson because Calvin Johnson. Was Traylon like, Burks. Something. Traylon Burks. Traylon thank Burks. you. Yes, Traylon Burks. Uh, 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 maybe. Well, Woo! Maybe, Hogs. Do what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I said Traylon Burks, and you guys were talking. I was like, Woo! Hogs. That's just bias. Anyway, <laughs> sick them hogs. <laughs> Anyway, but uh, uh, but yeah, like uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is he was in a limited position at Cincinnati, and yet he he kind of led them with Sauce Gardner, the defensive yeah. back uh, 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 for Cincinnati, led them Ooh. to the playoffs. Yeah, I got you. And so I think with the expanded role and a lot more talent on the offensive side, I think he would. He would thrive in that offensive system. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially with Antonio Gibson, like or his running back. Yeah. Mm. All right. So who do you got? I've got a quarterback as well, but I got a different quarterback, and it was one that we talked about a second ago. That's like Ben Roethlisberger, Kenny oh. Pickett. Kenny Pickett? Huh. Now, now I will explain why. So. Kenny Pickett for me, as I said earlier, he's got a high floor, low ceiling. If the Redskins are going to pick someone here, they're obviously looking for someone to play right now because they're they're kind of they're kind of at the point where they're competing for a playoff spot. Yeah, not necessarily wanting to wait for someone to develop. And since Kenny has that high floor, I could see him possibly going to Washington. Yeah, I got you. Be a stable starter, you know, is going to be good, and then he has the potential to get even better. And that's kind of why I had them p- taking him over other quarterbacks such as uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell, uh, uh, Malik Willis. Uh, Carson Strong. Yeah, Carson Strong. And, and I've actually heard some th- people talking about uh, Carson Strong's previous knee concerns is maybe a reason he might drop in this draft. Later yeah. Or something, but yeah, maybe. I, I mean, that that that's like I said, that's why I had Kenny Pickett going over Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell and those other quarterbacks because no, now don't get me wrong, I do like the idea of Desmond Ritter. It's just I feel like he'd probably be a little more of a development process than Kenny Pickett necessarily, and I feel like they're kind of at the point where they're like, yeah, we got young talent, but we want, we're good enough to take the extra step, and we kind of want that solid veteranish rookie, which is uh, 
kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah, I got you. Because, I mean, they're rookies, but. Yeah, I kind of get that. And, and, and that's kind of where I'm at with that. I mean, I, I don't like, I, I'm, I, I, I do like the Desmond Ritter pick, don't get me wrong, but it's just I, I feel like they might need a little more stability is kind of what I'm at. But anyways, yeah, let's move on with the next pick. Number 12, Minnesota Vikings. I'm actually going to let you take this one over. Go ahead and say yours. Okay, so, all right. I actually only have one trade in this entire mock draft, and it is pick 12. Really? Pick 12 with Minnesota. And can you guess who traded with Minnesota to move up to pick 12? Um, New England. Actually, I had the Pittsburgh Steelers pick 12 over their rivals, the Cleveland Browns at pick 13 and the Baltimore Ravens at pick 14. Okay, I'm interested to see where this goes. To secure this pick that they have been intrigued with this one player, I've actually heard it the other day when I was watching a little bit of the Reese's Senior Bowl. The Steelers have a little bit of intrigue with Malik Willis. Uh. They're actually intrigued with him, which I thought, what? They're intrigued with Malik Willis. What? Like over over a more um, kind of pro-style quarterback like a Sam Howe or a uh, Carson Strong, like we mentioned earlier, because that's actually who I thought they would take. Or yeah. even a Kenny Pickett. We could argue about too as well, and I, I actually could see him going there, and maybe depending on how the combine sh- uh, shakes out, like we've talked about before. But uh, I, I thought that was interesting. I was like Malik Willis. I mean, I get the dynamic standpoint, but why? Why are they interested in Malik Willis? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, and yeah. I'm like. Are they to the point where they're like, all right, let's just start rebuilding entirely on the offense. We have, like, young receivers, young running back, young quarterback, kind of build the offensive line up around them. Yeah. Is that what they're trying to do? And I don't necessarily know. So, I just from that one report alone, I thought it would be good enough. No, I should say I thought that that means that the Steelers – have uh, what is what is the term? Kind of rose colored glasses or something. Yeah. When it comes to Malik Willis, they right. kind of they fall in love with him. Is the just just when when you hear tidbits like that right there from reports that come out, you're kind of like, okay. Normally, it turns out to be teams that are just kind of they they they're trying to be what is it? non-descriptive kind of what they yeah. do. They're, they're kind of revealing their hand that, oh, yeah, we're, we're actually going to take this guy. We're potentially trade up in the draft over a team like the Browns, which I think could be an interesting point if they're desperate enough to want to move on from Baker Mayfield to take a quarterback. I'm not saying I yeah. think they should. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But I think they – they hey – We've seen crazier things happen in the draft, like like when the uh, weak quarterback class came around. I think it was back in the nineties, 
Yeah. And uh, Mel Kuyper was hyping it up. And, oh, yeah. Uh, the Detroit Lions took a quarterback. I forgot who it was. you remember who it was, Eric? Um, First or second overall picks in the draft, and he turned out to be a bust. Oh, crap. I can't remember. And uh, it was a lot of quarterbacks selected in the top round. Anyway, I I think it was like mid-90s, but uh, that's just – that's kind of have the, the kind of feeling I get from this quarterback class, and I think there could be some actually good players from it, but it's just a lot of development that's – Oh, yeah. It's it's a lot of like in the past drafts you would have said oh yeah those are like second or third round picks that are actually considered for first round picks this year. Yeah. Well, that's a good way of putting it. That's a really good way of putting it. And that's why I see teams like the Lions trading out of the top ten for next year because they're like no I I ain't gonna I ain't gonna (laughs) go for the bluff on this year you know kind of kind of the potential of going for a bust, you know, like, uh, what would we all think if come April, the Lions take Matt Crowell with the second overall pick? Uh, Now, I'm not saying they will, but just theoretically, if that happened. Draft is always crazy, okay? Yeah, it is. Happens that you just don't predict. Theoretically, this is. If they took him, this would be going back to the days where everyone – it seemed to me like in the 90s, especially like when you had Jamarcus Russell and all those quarterbacks come in around that time. Like it just – it seemed to me they were just guessing on these prospects. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, he, he was the best quarterback in this club. Let's take him, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a he's – a, He's a potential backup, maybe third string, but hey, we'll take it. You know, kind of, kind of like <laughs> kind of like Raiders were doing when they drafted. I mean, a, a Hall of Famer punter and kicker, but they drafted yeah. them both in the first round. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> who who drafts? They're people. They they don't even draft them. Sometimes sometimes they just yeah. sign them as undrafted free agents because I mean. You don't have to spend a pick on them, and I mean, you just really? snatch them up after the draft. Like, exactly. you still get punters and kickers, right. like so. from the Florida Gators yeah. when the Chiefs took him. I think he was an undrafted free agent. I mean, that was a good pickup, so sorry, good punter. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I know. Well, so you do have the so you have the Vikings trading with the with the Steelers, and you think the Steelers are moving up to draft Malik Willis? Yes, that's really? okay. Yeah, that's it right now. Let me give my two cents on this. I would like to hear your two cents. Actually. Basically, I do not have Malik Willis going in the first round. I have him oh. as a mid to late second round pick, and I'll tell okay. you why. Exactly like you said earlier, he is really, really raw talent, and I don't believe a quarterback like him with that much raw talent is really destined to be a first-round pick. Because, honestly, he has so much draft-bust potential. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Every player has, you know, so, has draft-boom potential as well. But his, butt, his, ceil- his ceiling is high, but his floor is so dang low so, that okay. it's scary. It's... You could have made the same argument for Trey Lance. 
It's true. And, but we haven't seen enough of Trey Lance for me to make a decision yet. And I, I, if the comparison I'm, there is now, I think Liberty, where Bleak Willis came from, I think it is an FBS school, and then North Dakota State, I th- I believe, is an FCS school. Yeah, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz came from and went number two in the NFL draft. Now, right. And we've seen how he turned out. I mean, he was good there for a little bit. Then he kind of he kind of seen what he really was, you know, when he went to the Colts. After right. He Eagles and after he had that quote unquote MVP type season. I mean, until he got that ACL injury, which that is a terrible injury. Oh yeah. The end of the season, it's just it's tough. Uh, I, I I'm not personally had it, but it's just I know. I guarantee you, as a player, it's tough to hear that the season's over midway through when you're you're doing really well. For real. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's and, never easy with that. But like I said, Malik Willis himself, eh, yeah. I, I don't have him as a first-round pick solely because he is so raw. And a lot of quarterbacks have gone first round that are as yeah. raw or even more raw than Malik Willis. But, I mean – in all honesty, Malik hasn't proven enough for me to just be like, yes, he's raw talent, but he's so good of so much good raw talent stored that he is a first round pick. So that's really where I stand on it. Yeah. And see, like Jermaine said, a lot of these quarterbacks are in your average draft. With, with a good solid would, quarterback Yeah, class. with a good – exactly. Well, like, like, we we, we could have went back round. to 2019, 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. It's just from those years. But this ain't your average draft class, y'all. Yeah. This auto-line players and receivers, you could argue. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for number 12, I don't have the Vikings. Honestly, I'll just tell you right now, my mock draft doesn't – you know, add in any draft uh, trades. I'll probably add that into my 2.0, but my 1.0, I have at number 12, Minnesota Vikings taking a position of need. I have them taking Ahmad Gardner out of Cincinnati. Ooh. Okay. I like that pick. Same. Yeah. Now, uh-huh, Ahmad Gardner or Sauce Gardner <laughs> is a lockdown, he's a shutdown corner. On man, struggles a little bit of his own, but he's a good tackler. He's not afraid right. to. So I really like his upside, and I you could make the argument he's like Xavier that <laughs> all three of the top corners, and I, I'm making or I, I'm including Andrew Booth, Derek Stingley, and a home Gardner. Yeah, they all have the potential of being the number one cornerback in this class. Oh, yeah. Every single one. Because you look at Derek Stingley, he has amazing ball skills. I mean, true. It's just, it's like, on that, it's just, it's it's almost naturally born kind of instincts yeah. you don't see every day. Yeah, you really don't see And then that. you look at Andrew Booth, I mean, his athleticism is unbelievable. He, he shows up on highlights when you look at, like, one-handed interceptions by cornerbacks like he's six foot and he's he's going up like randy like Ma, like 
on Dude. Moss, you know. Yeah. Got mossed or whatever his deal. You like, just got balls. He, like, he had this one pick against Virginia, I think it was. He had his right, left arm tangled up, and he just – he went back to kind of deflect the ball, and mm-hmm. he just grabbed it yeah. and brought it in. Dude, I saw that one. That he was – I think I saw that, too. Receiver was all over his back. Very, yeah. Receiver was all over. And, but and I feel he, like yeah. at this point, secondary is a big need for them. Like, they do have Harrison Smith. And they've got, like, one or two good corners. And, I mean, they have Patrick Peterson. But the problem is they have so many veterans that are so close to retirement at this point that they need to add some youth to that secondary because they keep getting beat so much. And I think Ahmad Gardner can do that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to go ahead and move on to number 13, I guess, where the Cleveland Browns are picking. What do you have, Jeremiah? Okay, my pick. Yeah. And this is actually your second overall pick, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio. Okay. Now, I have been taking him here because, one, they need a receiver. They do. And I don't think they'll take a chance on the quarterback in this class unless they are desperate enough, which I doubt they are. No, they're not. I have one is. I have a feeling they'll take a wide receiver. Kind of yeah. just Baker Mayfield and kind of it kind of built after maybe Jarvis with Donovan People Jones, you know, because Jarvis he's getting up there in age and, and kind of built past the OBJ era. Oh yeah. They need to. And honestly, I think Garrett Wilson would be a good pairing with Jarvis, who who's mainly a slot receiver, and then you got Donovan, who's out wide, and you put Garrett out there as well. I think you'd have a top ten receiving court. I mean, that's that's with <clears throat> that's for, that's with their, all things considered, if they work together well, you know, and that's. Right. You know, and normally, a rookie doesn't have a breakout year unless you're Jamar Chase or. Uh, boy, do we know that's true. true. Uh, even Jalen Waddle had a good year. He broke the rookie reception record or whatnot. And oh yeah. And I mean, there there's just some rookies out there that will be like, "Yo, I'm I'm going to be a superstar in the NFL," and they bust out in the first year. But then we all thought really early on that Jamar Chase was not going to do what he did. Yeah, that's true. I I knew he was going to be good, but I didn't think he was. Yeah, gonna be he, that he good played football in like. I don't remember how long. It was like a year or something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah, he's I'm sick. sorry. He's I sick. will stand by what I said last year. I don't mm-hmm. even care what he did this season. I'm sorry. They passed up on such a good opportunity to get Panay But honestly, from what he's done, I feel like they've got enough out of him. So. And it's insane because uh, yeah. they've got Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow is, I, is insane in himself because he just – no matter what pressure you put on him, it don't seem to matter. Yeah, I know. He'll be back there. He'll be back there, chillaxing in the pocket, smoking a cigar, throwing eighty yards. Just, just pretty much. In his anyway, in double two, and Jamal Chase will come down with it. Like, okay. oh yeah, so hard to just defend that. Oh. So, with that side note, who have you got? The Browns taking 
I'm going completely 180 in the opposite direction. I'm choosing really? defense. I have them going. Nicobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia. <laughs> okay. I see you. Okay. I know they have Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, but that's about it. They need yeah. linebacker help. They've yeah. been shoddy the last couple of years. So I feel like this could actually beef up their defense quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, it, really. Yeah, I think if they were to take someone on the defensive side, it would definitely be linebacker or defensive tackle. Maybe edge, but it's definitely one of the front seven pieces. Yeah. But they've they've shored up that secondary. Like, they got John Johnson on a four-year deal and Troy Hill, I think, on a three-year deal. Denzel, yeah. their fourth overall pick a couple of years ago, he's a he's a stud. And then you got uh, Greg Newsom last year. Yeah, uh, shut down corner. From uh, yeah, yeah, shut down corner. But they got that guy from Northwestern. I was trying to think of uh, what what's his name. Oh my goodness! I thought uh, I just said. Uh, anyway. Oh crap! <laughs> I thought I just said the guy out of Northwestern. Shut down. Greg Newsom. Oh, Greg Newsom. Yes, 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 yes. That's who it is. Greg Newsom. Sorry. I was going to say, I just said Greg Newsom. Shut down. <laughs> My oh, better. No, you're good. You're fine. Too much, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe N'Kobe Dean does good in Cleveland. Maybe not. But I just have him going there because it's kind of scary to think about him next to JOK. Because that's secondary with him and Miles Garrett. Whoa, watch out. Ennis. Yeah, Miles Garrett, Jadeveon Clowney, if they extend him, N'Kobe Dean, and Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yep. It'd be pretty scary. All right, let's move on to pick number 14, Baltimore. Who do you got? Okay, I got the Baltimore Ravens selecting DeMarvin Lill from Texas A&M. And defensive tackle? Yeah, defensive tackle, sorry. Okay. No, you're good. I was trying to remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the reason I haven't taken this is because they kind of get a little more youth on the front four. I'll be back. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, they got Calais Campbell's a pending free agent and nose tackle, uh, I think, Brandon Williams. Yeah. Free agent as well. So, But they got Odafe Owe. Oh, yeah, they got Owe on the outside. That's right, man. That's right. We seen what he did against the Chiefs in the – what was that? Uh, Don't remind me. <laughs> Oops, I reminded. <laughs> uh, that's that's like reminding me of the Arkansas game against Alabama, <laughs> or 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 even worse, the Arkansas game against Auburn. Oh, Ugh. terrible officiating. Anyway, we're not oh. going to talk about it. That deserves an its own about college football, but we're not going to do that right now. Anyway. Yeah. That's a pretty good pickup. I can agree with that. I do think they need some youth on that front line. Um, me, however, uh, I have them picking up a position of extreme need, and we saw it this season. I have them picking up Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Ooh, Trent McDuffie. Cornerback. They need Ooh. help. Once Marlon Humphrey went down with injury, their secondary just collapsed. Ooh. So Trent, Trent McDuffie, he's the uh, slot corner from Washington, right? Yep. 
Okay, that's what I was thinking. I I actually like that pick. That is not bad. That is not bad at all. And that is actually a position of need because the Ravens, true, they do have Marlon Humphrey, but their slot corner, Jimmy Smith, who's always been there, Yeah, I think he's either a pending free agent or he's probably close to retirement. Yeah, I'm he's right. I think he's pretty dang close to retirement. If not, I do think he's also – I think he's both, in all honesty. But my biggest thing is, like, we all saw what happened this last season in 2021-2022. Marlon Humphrey went down with injury, and then all of a sudden, their secondary just folded. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I mean, they went from letting up some of the – like, they were top 10 in secondary defense – and then Marlon Humphrey just got injured, and then all of a sudden they're letting up more passing yards per game than a lot of than like half the teams in the league. It was ridiculous. It was like they lost their commander in chief, and they just didn't know what to do. They were running around like chickens with their heads cut off. So I think that extra safe, that extra help in the secondary under Trent McDuffie could honestly help Marlon Humphrey kind of regain control. And Marlon's not that old either. He's he was drafted in 17, so he's only been in the league about six, seven years. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I honestly think they can roll with Marlon Humphrey, and then they add a second a second option cornerback like Trent McDuffie for the slot. You know, I feel like it. it's just a good idea in my opinion. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. I, I, I totally agree. Anyway. All right. Well, I guess we'll move on to pick number 15, unless y'all have anything else to say about that one. Dude, I ain't got nothing else to say. All right. Well, pick number 15 and 16, we don't really have to – we can we can lump these two together. We, They're both Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. I mean, uh, so it doesn't matter which order they pick in. So basically what I've got is at number 15, I have the Eagles taking Charles Cross – Offensive lineman out of Mississippi State. And Ooh. at number 16, I have them taking Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Okay. I will I will actually say I have one of those players as well, and that is Chris Olave at actually 15. And then at 16, I finally have – okay – I have Andrew Booth going off the board. Okay, yeah. I I got that. I mean, I don't have – well, I do have them taking a secondary player, but that's later in my draft. Yeah. But, yeah, I got you. Because those are, like, three biggest needs for Philadelphia. Wide receiver, offensive line, and secondary help. Not in that order, but, you know. Yeah. No, I got you. So, basically, for me – Charles Cross, honestly, if they get an offensive line like offensive lineman like that at that pick, no brainer. I mean, you've got um, didn't Lane Johnson retire? Uh, it was uh, Brandon Brooks. Yeah, Brandon Brooks retired. Jason Kelsey's kind of you know, is he gonna go? Is he gonna stay? That position, yeah. and then you got Lane Johnson, kind of you know, just sitting there. He's still somewhat young, but not that young. So I yeah. feel like at this yeah. point. You yeah. have to be thinking about future of your offensive line with Brandon Brooks retiring and Jason Kelsey kind of on and off in free agency. And you need youth there no matter what. Even if Brandon Brooks didn't retire and Jason Kelsey is retained, 
you know, you still need youth on that offensive line to project J- protect Jalen Hurts, and I feel like this is a good place to do that. Exactly. True. I totally agree with that. And then with Chris Olave, honestly, most people would just be like, really? A first-round wide receiver again? Yes. You know why? Because they need the help. Devontae Smith is their only number one option. Jalen Rager's been a solid number two. He's never been a number one receiver, even in college. But honestly, he's a solid number two right now. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is okay. But honestly, they need another good receiver. And Chris Olave proved it whenever he was in Ohio State. That man, I watched a lot of his highlight. He's pretty darn good. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And honestly, I have a footnote here with uh, at number 16 what? with most of my wide receivers from here on out. Basically, I have a footnote, and it's that if Jamison Williams out of Alabama had not torn his ACL in the championship game, he would have gone to Philadelphia at the number 16 pick. Yeah. So. Anyways. Yeah. All righty, boys. What do you think? Well, uh, with your picks, let's see. Chris Olave, I like it definitely and you had andrew booth right yeah okay yeah i can agree their secondary needs a whole lot of help yeah and i mean you got darius slay out there too and i mean what's he gonna do by himself you know kind of and he's getting up there in age the dude was drafted in 2013 exactly it's ridiculous it is all right sounds pretty dang good Yes, sir. Pretty solid first 16 picks. Yep. All right. So y'all want to, I guess we'll end this episode here and get on to 17 through 32 whenever we can. Okay. Sounds good to me. All righty. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I hope we didn't bore you to sleep or anything. Yeah. But I guess we'll leave you there and. Jeremiah, you want to say anything before we sign <laughs> off? Uh, not much, guys. Except, don't forget to keep God number one. Amen. God bless. Amen to that. Yep. Later. See ya. Oh.